your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside the 203rd episode of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood, and the rosters are announced. Well, pretty much. USA taking nine defensemen, but two of them, Nodak sends. Yes, we'll get into those who have made the team and the one that is pending. Don't worry. That is about as certain of a lock as you can. And it's Saturday, so we have our Sens Central Citizen. We're going down to Georgia for this one. It's Dave Bush, and the guy has comedy in his handle, so he better be funny. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Saturday, December 12th, and just this morning, both USA, Finland, Sweden, yesterday it was Canada. All of the preliminary rosters have been trimmed down to the traveling party of 25. You can only dress 20 for a game. So is it certain that Jake Sanderson and Tyler Clevin will be in the USA lineup? Ah, You can't say for sure, but both them, they made their roster. Robbie Yarventi on Team Finland Pilsy, pretty nice. Four 2020 draft picks all on their teams. Not a bad draft for the Ottawa Senators when you got your players representing their countries on a world stage. And I think probably Sanderson was probably the closest thing. Well, Stutzla obviously is the closest lock. Sanderson, we were pretty sure he was going to crack that team. Yarventi, we had a good feeling. And then Clevin, the long shot, he makes it. And the K train, good for him. You know, I'm glad he gets a chance to to play with his fellow country mates for Team USA. And I cannot wait for that first USA-Canada matchup because we're going to have some conflicted rooting causes, eh, Ross? Yeah, we certainly will, especially if the K-Train finds himself in the lineup. We're going to get to a note on Stutzla afterwards, but let's focus on the U.S. kids because, as you mentioned, Clevin, the surprise in all this, hell, he didn't even have an initial spot on the preliminary team, but due to the COVID situation and players being unable to attend, turns out that both he and Hunter Skinner, the other defenseman who was added late, are on the roster. But what do you make of the fact that USA chose to go with nine defensemen in their traveling party of 25? That seems like a bit of a risk. I mean, you, you think maybe you go with more forwards. There's more of them on the team in general, more risk of injury. It sounds, though, that Rona might have had an effect on that as well with John Beecher and Thomas Bordalo not making the final team. Yeah, it's an interesting decision for sure. I guess what what I thought to uh, explain it is maybe your your thinking is if a defenseman goes down, that's a lot more chunk of minutes you're going to have to replace, right? Like if a forward goes down, you know, maybe it's a fourth line guy. You're only looking to replace five, six, seven minutes in this tournament. You don't really play the fourth line that much usually. So maybe their idea is if we lose a defenseman, we got to have extras because that's a big responsibility on the back end. And that's a lot of minutes we're going to have to fill. So I guess maybe that's a, a way of thinking there or... They just could not resist bringing along the K-Train. It's just chugging all the way up to Edmonton. And it's been so long since the Ottawa Senators have played. But just knowing that in the future, that their decor just looks so good on paper. And like Jake Sanderson, let's focus on him because he was the fifth youngest player at the preliminary camp. 
This guy is as young as they come. You've heard people on this show before say he had to squeeze two years of his last high school just to be able to play college hockey this season. And now here he is. And from the looks of it, I know it's early, but he could likely be playing a top four role on this USA squad. Absolutely. And honestly, I'd be shocked if he's not playing a top four role on this squad. And I can see Team USA relying a lot on Sanderson at even strength. You know, he's not really a penalty killing specialist. I, I Although we saw his blast on the power play and he did have uh, some good offensive output with UND, but I don't think he's really going to be relied upon on the power play. But five on five, this is a guy that's good in all three zones. And I think they're going to lean on him heavily on even strength. It looks like the top pair is going to be Cam York, the 2019 first rounder of the Philadelphia Flyers, and Henry Thrun, another 19-year-old. He was a fourth-round pick. He's a right-shot defenseman, though. Obviously, or Well, he plays, shoots left, but he plays the right side, kind of like a TJ Brody situation in Toronto. But that, that's going to be the top pair. And then after that, the way it shook out at practice, this is from Scott Wheeler, uh, through the, the uh, lines coming out from Team USA, is Sanderson – with Hellison, another guy who I'm not familiar with. But I asked Scott, I said, who would you consider locks of these defensemen? And he said those first two pairings that he listed, likely to be the way USA starts the tournament. So that's great news. The more ice time Sanderson can get, the better. But I'm a little worried because what if, Ty- what if Tyler Clevin spent all this time, went to Edmonton, and then turns out he's not even getting into games. Do you think that the experience itself and getting to practice daily with this USA team is enough that it's worth the developmental loss of, what, seven, eight games that he's going to miss with Nodak? I talked about this on our earlier pod, and I'm sure people are probably like, oh, wow, typical Pillsy. Just He's preaching patience. He doesn't, doesn't want the players to be on the big stage. That's not what this is about. It's about what you just said there. And I'm still of the same mindset that it would have been better off for Tyler Clevin's development if he didn't make the team or – and again, I'm not saying I don't want him to be on Team USA. I'm going to love seeing him uh, playing for his country. But it would even have been better if he didn't get called back and he get to play more games with UND because this is a guy, he, he's in his first year of college hockey. Same with Sanderson, but let's be honest, Sanderson, I think, is as many steps above Clevin in his overall game. I think he really would have benefited from staying at UND and playing a much bigger role now that Sanderson's gone, and especially that he's probably better than a lot of those defensemen at UND. I think it would have been better for his long-term development, but I'm not going to get too upset here because we're talking about I don't know, four, five, six, six games difference. And I think Tyler Clevin's going to be at UND probably three, if not four years. So he's going to get a lot of time there. So it's, it's not that big of a deal, but in the, in the long run, it would have been better for him to come back to college. Don't think we forgot about those Nodak Sens. They're on the ice Saturday night at 5.05. They're playing against St. Cloud State, another very successful team so far in the NCHC pod. So two heavyweights on Saturday night and, UND M Hockey on Twitter, the official team. They put out their game day post, and oh yeah, it's the bean. Shane Pinto, front and center, looking sharp as ever with a way better mustache than Austin Matthews, but you already knew that. Could Shane Pinto be a second-line center in the Sens' future? Well, the hopeful, knock on wood, first-line center, Tim Stutzla. We said he's likely to play on Team Germany. (laughs) Talk about Captain Obvious, but hey, Captain, could that be in his future as well? I don't see any other scenario where he's not the captain. And I'm not, I'm not an expert on these young players in Germany, but 
Yeah, I think it's the obvious choice to have Tim Stutzel as the captain because you don't have Maritz Sider there. Uh, Reichel isn't there, and obviously he wouldn't be the captain, but they're also missing their starting goaltender. So the top-tier talent in Germany isn't really there. And Tim Stutzel, even if all those players were there, is still the, the top of the top in Germany. So I think it'd be great for his development to get some leadership quality and to see him really put this team on his shoulders is going to be great to watch. Well, if you've been listening to Locked On Senators podcast, you heard it from himself that Tim Stutzel wants to be a leader on this German team. And Mo Sider, glad you mentioned him because he was the captain of the World Junior Team for Germany. So he was eligible to return, but of course decided against it with the help of the Red Wings. And you can actually check out Locked On Red Wings. They had Mo Sider on their show and he did touch on his relationship with Tim Stutzel. So we love the work that Nolan and Ethan do on Locked On Red Wings as well. We don't know too much about the Finnish team. We're trying to work on a guest to give you better insight into that. But when Rock and Robbie Arventi's on the ice, if you're on the other team, you should probably be aware of it because when he gets to his spot, he is lethal. And now let's get to our lethal segment. It is the Sense Central Citizen of the Week. It's Dave Bush. All right, we're now pleased to welcome this week's Sense Central Citizen. It's Dave Bush at Dave Bush Comedy on Twitter. How you doing, man? Long time coming. Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, 100%. Well, it's your second time on the show, as we were saying off air, with the draft special. And how did you find the draft turned out? Oh, I was very excited about the way it turned out. I mean, you know, getting Timmy Superstar and... Uh, you know, I'm certainly warming up to Jake Sanderson as time goes on. And, you know, how could you not love uh, Igor Sokolov? Uh, I really uh, kind of hope that uh, things work out with him in the sense. Yeah, like just a fun draft. And then that's not even to mention Clev and Yarventi. Like just so much talent here. Which, uh, which one of those prospects have you kind of been following along the most? Like who's been kind of your guy so far? Uh, well, definitely, uh, you know, Stutzla, uh, following it along as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we all wish there was a lot more information out on him. Well, one thing, and we were talking about this briefly last week. So TSN is broadcasting every single game, pre-tournament. They've got it all. I know you're down in the States. So we're going to get to all that. But I just have a, a, an important question because I know I'm going to be locked in and I hope that I'm not the only one. It's Austria, Germany at 2 p.m. on Monday. Are you going to be appointment viewing for that? <laughs> I should block that out on my work calendar and tell them that I've got a critical meeting that I can't miss. And uh, I would absolutely love to be watching that. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a good one for sure. So, so Dave, we got to get into it every time. Uh, Send Central Citizen, the classic question. We love finding this out. How did you become a fan of this crazy franchise? We know you're living in the States now. So what's the story? And for people who uh, are just listening and uh, aren't seeing your background, you've got Sens memorabilia everywhere, paintings, banners. So how did you become a Sens fan? So, you know, I was uh, really getting into hockey in the early 90s and, uh, you know, grew up about an hour from Ottawa, just on the other side of the border. And so Ottawa was, you know, I remember asking as a kid, I'm like, well, do they have a team? And no, no, they don't have a team. And I'm like, well, why not? So of course, about the time I was getting into hockey was about the time that, uh, you know, things were going, you know, they were coming back to the league. So I was pretty excited to uh, do that. Been a Sens fan since I moved back. Uh, the first year I missed, the second year, you know, starting in 93, I, w I was locked in. So Ogdensburg, New York is where you grew up and yet you were a season ticket holder in Ottawa. How'd that work? Is that a couple long night drives or how'd you make that go? 
No, not bad at all. Um, you know, back before 9-11, of course, we, they had a little bit more sense of humor at the border. It uh, got to the point when I'd cross over into Prescott, Ontario, they'd ask me, you know, who's playing tonight? <laughs> and, uh, you know, always wearing the jer uh, jersey going uh, over. And, yeah, from my house to uh, the Corral Center at the time was about an hour door to door. So not bad at all. No, that's not bad at all and definitely worth it. And if uh, if your jersey, I had to guess, would probably say Alfredson on the back because that's what your hat says right now. Who, <laughs> who were some of your favorite players in, in that first wave of Senators that you got to watch? Well, you know, back then it was, uh, you know, definitely Ashen because, of course, you know, he was really, well, when he wasn't uh, holding out, he was uh, definitely lighting it up. And he actually was a really nice guy too because, like, when you go to game at the Civic Center, if you uh, – kind of hung out around after the game was over he would be one of those players that would wander out sign autographs and generally be a, just a really nice guy yeah I, I've heard the same thing my, my dad actually when he was a season ticket holder I don't know if you remember the sends at your service dinner that they used mm -hmm. to do and he in the auction he won a trip him and his friend in New York where they were able to like go on the charter and all that but obviously they're with the media the players are somewhere else and he said Yashin was the only guy who came back on the other side of the curtain and said hi to them and made them feel welcome. So there is definitely a, a big narrative and I'm, I'm sure some of it is deserved the, the whole NAC thing, the holdout, all that, but mm -hmm. he, there is, there is a good guy in there. And I think he has turned a new leaf. It was crazy watching him in coverage of the 2018 Olympics too. I'm like, is it that Alexi Ashen? Really? Yeah. But I know the star players are easy to root for, but give me like a bottom six guy. Give me maybe a heart and soul player from that, that mid-90s team that really kind of encapsulated what you thought it meant to be a senator. Uh, well, you know, when you come to players that, uh, you know, used to laugh at friends about, you know, Hart gave everything he had and, you know, you just loved every time he was on the ice, which usually resulted in time in the box, was Denny Vial, um, you know. I had a chance to meet Denny when I was an off-ice official in the United Hockey League. Uh, you know, got an autograph for him on my jersey. And, you know, just a, a great guy to talk to. You know, a couple of years later, uh, you know, Bruce Gardner. And, uh, you know, when you want to laugh, go back and just search for Bruce Gardner, uh, Mike Pekka, and just see the two of them going at it in the playoffs is outstanding. Yeah, and I want to ask you, it's, it seems like you went to a lot of games in the early days, like throughout the 90s. What was the, for a lot of our fans are younger and kind of just getting into the Sens like, uh, like after their cup run is when a lot of these guys get into it. So what was the atmosphere like in the building back then, like when it was just starting out? Like describe that to us. Uh, I mean, you know, you take a look at the different things that were going on. I mean, back in the, the early days, like, uh, you know, say mid-90s, 95, um, yeah, I mean, we were excited to have a team. We were hoping they would do good and turn the corner. 95 was a rough season. You know, thinking back, that was the year that they had training camp at uh, Randy Sexton's uh, alma mater, St. Lawrence, uh, Lawrence University. So, so I got to go over to training camp, spend a lot of time there. But, you know, that was the year they went from Rick Bonus to uh, Sparky Allison as the uh, coach. And he lasted, what, like 10 games. And then they, they brought in Jacques Martin. So um, definitely when it came to the – you know, getting to 96, 97, that started out rough when you lost both Sean Hill and Stan Netscash to uh, ACLs in the same game against New Jersey. It was uh, tough to think about, oh, no, how's this season going to go? But certainly, you know, we got to game 82, which is still the most exciting game I've ever been to. If anybody ever tells you that a 1-0 game is, uh, you know, boring, wasn't at that game. But I was there with my dad. And to see, you know, Yashin feed Duchesne to beat Hashik to send him into the playoffs was Definitely the most electric, probably the most loud I've ever been at any game. 
And was that the one where I'm sure you didn't hear it at the time? You're too busy celebrating, but where Dave Schreiber, the voice, the do 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 Shane. Yeah, that's uh, one, yep. That's awesome. And then they end up playing Buffalo in the playoffs after. So what, what yep. do you remember from uh, Dominic Hasek pre-Ottawa Senators? We know Pilsy, big Hasek fan. So, uh, man, he uh, he pretty much stole that one for them. He did. And, uh, you know, I think that was the one we were laughing about off air, where I think that was the game where uh, Hasek was behind the uh, net and uh, knew he was out of position. Yashin was breaking in on him to, you know, it, and there was no way he was going to be able to stop it. So Hasek dumped the net. And I, I think they made a rule the following season that that was going to result in a penalty. Yeah, well, and then we've seen it a couple times overseas on breakaways, eh? Where the goalie's just, I think it's like Dave Lego pills. Dave Leggio, yeah. And they made a, a Leggio rule because he would just do it every time. He's like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to bother trying to stop this breakaway. Let's just flip the net over here. Try scoring now, bud. That's so good. And I want to get back to what you said, Dave, too, about Sparky Allison. He coached 25 games for Ottawa. Pills, you get this, 2-22 and one record in 25 games. <laughs> Thanks, like, specialist. See ya. Um, if you want a little bit more of a, a recent kind of addition of that, you could either go to John Paddock, who's coached 64 games in Ottawa, or the next one, Craig Hartsburg, who coached 48. But, hey, they both had more than two wins at the very least. How many wins do you think we're going to get this year, Dave? I mean, the, the Canadian division, it's going to be a little bit different. There's going to be a lot of rivalry nights, which I think is going to be great for the game. But how do you see the Sens' chances going into this year? Or are we still focused on the Sens' prospects? And maybe we'll talk next year. Uh, I think this year, I mean, I, I think they're going to be an annoying team to play against. And, uh, you know, anything that annoys Leafs fans uh, is all good for me. Um, but, uh, you know, I uh, I'm not predicting playoffs for this year, but I definitely think they're going to be a lot more competitive than they have been. I'm really looking forward to next year. What do you think about uh, DJ Smith? Speaking of all these coaches, I've loved what I've seen from him in the first year. Lots of accountability by it seems of it. Yeah. And you know, something that seems to be a change with him uh, compared to other coaches in the past. I mean, I think a lot of us have been frustrated where we see the kids with all this talent that sit on the bench and uh, don't get any opportunities uh, even in Belleville for a while, the uh, coach that they had there that, you know, was more focused on playing veterans than he was on playing the kids. So, you know, the, the change under DJ Smith, seeing that now, I think is outstanding. And I, I'm really happy to, to see them get that opportunity because that's really what's going to take us to the next level. Yeah, we're big DJ Smith fans on uh, this show as well. And like you said, like maybe the W's aren't going to be there, but I don't think there's going to be a night where a single team uh, plays Ottawa and they're like, we got an easy win here. They're going to make them work for it. That's for sure. And I want to ask you, Dave, what of this offseason, what was the most intriguing move to you that the Ottawa Senators made? Uh, definitely Matt Murray, you know, uh, well, <laughs> of course, then again, uh, hard to discount daddy too, because uh, man, between Dadenoff and Murray, it was a surprise to me. I mean, it, you know, with Melnick and everything, it, you know, you kind of think like, oh, what, uh, what contract for somebody who's not going to play and is going to be on long-term injuries you could get to uh, fill in the roster and uh, j just to get to the cap floor and to see them actually go out and get some good players really was a surprise and uh i'm excited you know that that's something i i didn't think they'd do yeah i actually love that pickup as well both of them but especially matt murray is a goalie friendly show uh i want to leave you with this one getting back to the all canadian division will we see in the nine games they play a brady versus matthew kachuk fight <laughs> haven't they promised their parents they won't do that but uh all bets are off you've seen how they both play all bets are off oh, i don't know if big walt says don't fight i think you're not coming home uh, after a fight with <laughs> big walt and uh, i think you could get a lot more than grounded after that one 
<laughs> It'd certainly be entertaining to all of us, but maybe not to them after the fact. <laughs> well, we'll tell you that it would be Brady starting it 100% of the time. If you're the old brother, you can't pick on him anyways, unless he's still mad that Brady went two slots higher in the draft. But that's neither here <laughs> nor there. Dave Bush, a Send Central citizen, really appreciate you taking the time. And down the road, we'd love to have you back and hopefully actually talk some real live sends games and can't wait for that to happen thanks again really appreciate you taking the time with us oh thanks for having me on guys i'd love to come back anytime always love the send central citizen segment thank you to dave bush for joining us and pilsy before we got to our send central citizen we talked about all these young players going on loan to their national team but with the nhl still not underway there's been so many loans hard to even keep track of them all however Get the conch shell out. Get on top of the mountain. It's time to rally the troops because not one, not two, but three players who were in Sweden, they're on their way back to Ottawa. Yeah, and that's a good sign. Like, we're getting closer and closer to NHL training camps. It's going to be interesting to see whether Ottawa does start their training camp the 28th or the 2nd, like the rest of the league. We're still waiting on that to be announced. But glad to hear Eric Brandstrom's coming back. Gustafson's coming back, Davidson's coming back, and really, I don't think uh, Gustafson and Davidson probably aren't going to crack the NHL roster, but Eric Brandstrom, this is going to be a big training camp for him. He's going to get to show that he's done with the AHL, and he wants a big chance to bump one of these more veteran guys that they brought in down the lineup, so I think it's great that Brandstrom's coming back early. We want him quarantined, ready to go for the start of Ottawa Senators training camp. Well, we tweeted out at Send Central as well that Eric Brandstrom, he led their team, Lagnow, in scoring with eight points in 10 games, only two goals. I mean, that just tells you the trouble that they had scoring. So the fact that he was able to lead that team is a good sign. And the fact that he's playing hockey, I mean, I remember going back to September and October, Pilsy, he was the one guy. I was like, get him out on a loan now. So he was able to get 10 games in. That's great for his development. But how about, is it the return of Philly franchise? Like, Gustafson, come on, man. At saying sends prospects tweeting out his final numbers, 11, five and two with a nine nineteen save percentage. And this is what I really love to see on a guy on loan pills. He, he led the entire league in minutes played. So he was really getting his opportunity to shine. Yeah. And that's exactly what you want from these loans. Like the, the whole point is to put these guys in positions where they're going to have a lot of responsibility and they're going to have to up their game. And, Philly franchise like he had kind of a rocky start to heading back to Sweden but then the final push of games that he had he like he was on a one two three four five six game winning streak and then the two games he lost were one was a shootout and then one was a 2-1 loss so he's been steady and I've been saying it all along I think we're gonna see a very different player from Philly franchise when he comes back and Joey Decord and him are going to have an epic battle for that starting job in Belleville once the AHL starts in February. Cannot wait. And it looks like the AHL might go with that all-Canadian, well, what other decision they really have. The border closer just got ex extended, but how great is that going to be? It looks like it'll be the Manitoba Moose, the Laval Rocket, the Toronto Marlies, and your Belleville Senators. That's where we can expect Jonathan Davidson to play. He's back from his loan as well. And... I mean, it was good to get his feet wet and kind of a cool situation for him too, getting to play with his brother overseas. Yeah, that's that's definitely cool. And I mean, I'm sure those guys have played a lot of their youth hockey together and uh, on the pond and in the driveway together. So the chemistry there is good. Also, they were playing with former Senator Andreas Anglin. So you get a little familiarity there. But Davidson, this is an interesting case too. I really want to see him 
if he doesn't elevate his game, he needs to change his style of play because he had a hard time cracking the top six and he definitely wasn't really an offensive player. So either he's going to have to find a way to get grittier or he's going to have to elevate that offensive game to crack the top six in Belleville's lineup because that is a packed offensive output up top. Yeah, also from Sens Prospects, Davidson with four points, one goal in 10 games during his loan. So you notice a trend. The Swiss League, Brandstrom, come back. The Swedish League, Davidson, Gustafsson, get on, let's go. And with the Finnish League, Abramov, Lassie Thompson, they're still there. Do you think that that is because they're about to get back underway after a league stoppage with the COVID? Yeah, I think uh, Abramov and Lassie Thompson, those are two guys that could could benefit from a couple more games in, in Liga, especially Lassie Thompson. We need to see some improvement before he heads over to camp. We want to get that confidence up so that he's feeling good, that he can push for a top spot in Belleville. And Abramov, he's been lighting it up, so keep things going. And I, I'm not so convinced he's going to have a strong case to make the Ottawa Senators, but he's one of those guys that could be pushing for that open left-wing spot. So who knows? And a guy that I'm surprised we haven't heard is coming back yet. How about my boy, Rudy Balsers? I'd like to see him coming back and starting his quarantine because that's the guy I have pegged as winning that left-wing spot open in Ottawa. Well, time will tell, and you know that the Locked On Senators is your daily home for Ottawa Senators content and will be throughout this upcoming season. And thank you to anyone who um, contributed. I mean, you all did. You all downloaded the show, and we appreciate that. Over 100,000 on the year. So not to toot our own horn, that's just a show to how passionate Ottawa Senators fans are with this 276-day break between games. The good news, sense fans, the horizon is looking a lot better than it is now. There is light at the end of the tunnel, and we'll be there every step of the way with Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.